Let's talk about talk, it. Talk, talk, talk. Let's go deep. We all have something to share. No share with Dr. Dave. Hello and welcome to the Null Share with Dr. Dave podcast. I am Dr. Dave Cornelius, your host. We are continuing the series Resiliently You to discover what makes people resilient to build high-performing organizations and sense belonging and healing. So let me introduce Brandon and Nicole Reigns. So Brandon is an organization design and enterprise coach who has worked with public and private entities, both large and small. Um, he has helped organization and individuals emerge from near failure to thriving models of success. Brandon is a noted author, speaker, and presenter on topics of leadership, organization design, and teamwork. So that's just as I am doing an abridged or shortened version of his background. I, I will give, leave some space for him to do that as well. And then Nicole is a disruptor of mental health myths, champion of relationships and wellness, and igniter of, of uh, coping skills. Her professional title is licensed marriage and family therapist. She's also licensed in California and Virginia. Nicole's career has developed within various settings, including private practice, college campuses, and a nonprofit specializing in trauma based on community mental health. I wanted to, to bring together partners, people who are working you know, professionally and making a difference in community. So without further ado, why don't I just turn it over to Nicole and, and Brandon and I mean, I could probably just pin you guys. So you, yeah, there you go, pinned, and share your story. And let's go with this. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Dave. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's. Uh, let me just first say, uh, it's awesome to be here. This is incredible. This is an incredible experience. And and Dr. Dave, I want to thank you and the rest of the team uh, for for asking us to do this and bringing this all together. It's a really special space. Uh, and I appreciate each and every one of you all taking your time um, to come and listen to us <laughs> for a bit. Uh, and thank you for the introductions, kind, kind words. What else you wanna say about yourself? Uh, <laughs> um, and Dr. Dave, you 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 covered it. Uh, I, I would like to say something about you, which is Brandon's also a, a hiker, a amateur chef, and is uh, really getting his skills at becoming a, a pit boss and doing a lot of grilling and smoking now. Because I think it's important to also think about how rich your hobbies life is as well. Yeah, that stuff is fun. And uh, luckily I haven't made anybody sick yet with uh, any of the food. <laughs> Uh, so Nikki, let me just say, so sorry, I call her Nikki. You might hear me call her Nick too. You might hear me call her honey or babe. Yeah. We're married. Um, so sorry. Uh, she's just an overall amazing person. Uh, and it's kind of fun to hear her talk about, uh, her craft and what she brings to people. Um, and I get to hear every now and then people talk about what, what they do, what she does for, for them. Um, and then of course, I get to feel every single day what she does for me. Uh, and it's, uh, it's cool. So I should probably warn you all that in our keynote today, uh, we're, we're gonna kind of let you all in occasionally into some of our conversations that we have uh, every now and then about our clients, our work, maybe sometimes even our family and how that impacts uh, being resilient and, and burnout. Um, so if it starts to feel a little real, it's okay. Uh, it was intentional for, for us to do that. What else do we want to say? Um, I think that that covers it. Yeah. You want to get started? Sure. Okay. So while we're pulling up um, our, our slides to just kind of guide us today, uh, Dr. Dave, you started us off with music, and that's something that is near and dear to me. I love music. It's actually another way that I use to check in with myself and check in with others. So if you feel so inclined, uh, members of the audience, please throw what is your theme song in this current moment? 
you know, Brandon, what is your theme song? Oh my God. Yeah. First, let me give another shout out. The playlist was awesome. <laughs> it really got me moving uh, this morning. Uh, my, my theme song for today, um, it, it's Me, Myself, and I by De La Soul. It, it has a kind of a dual meaning for me today. Uh, one, I'm still kind of grieving the passing of um, of Dave, of, of Dave Trugoy, uh, of the band. And so, because it's one of my favorite all-time rap groups. And I love Me, Myself, and I because it's kind of the quintessential De La uh, song because it allows people to be who they are, bring who they are. And for me, uh, that's how I feel today coming into this conference. I feel like this is my tribe uh, and I can be who I need to be, who I want to be. So that's what me, myself and I, it, it rings especially true for me today. What about you, Nick? Uh, today it's Buck Jump by Trombone Shorty and New Orleans Avenue. That's They're one of my favorite groups and uh, it always brings a smile to my face. And I was feeling really energized to be able to come in and number one, work with you, but number two, to be in community talking about burnout and how to grow resilience. So that song had me moving this morning and just really one, especially as we we're coming out of um, Mardi Gras that, and uh, being able to just really enjoy in that all year long. Yeah, yeah. Native New Orleans boy. Gosh. So we're, we're here to talk about burnout a bit. Uh, so I, I warned you all about, might let you all in on a couple of stories here and there, a couple of discussions. What, what comes up for you? What can you think about when, when, when burnout comes up to your mind? What's the story or so, so that you might want to share? So for me, uh, it's, it's funny because there's this, this myth that since I'm a therapist, I can't get burnt out. But because I'm a human, I know that I, I can. It's just a, it's a product of being human. And the story that comes to mind for me immediately is one that might not be as um, people don't really think about. And it actually was me moving during the pandemic. So I moved from California to Virginia and it was at the beginning of the pandemic. So it was just me and two suitcases that moved and having to leave a house and come into a whole new setting of being an individual to then now living with three other people, including two little humans. <laughs> um, and in that being, we got married in the crest of that. And then also then now having just these two new roles of wife and then the role of parent. And in the pandemic, that role of parent was so weird because it also was, chef and confidant and playmate and cleaner and and just all those things so cafeteria I, lady cafeteria lady yes <laughs> oh boy so just i felt all those things coming in and realized oh wow just in this this new brand new role of parent i think i'm starting to burn out already so that was a that was like a scary thing but it, it was, I felt it. I started to feel the exhaustion in it. Yeah. Having, what about, yeah. Well, having lived through that with you, um, I, I remember those days and I can see it kind of being recreated right. in your the body movement. language, right? This, <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, that that's something to kind of be really aware of when burnout hits. Uh, for me, it's, I can remember several times with clients burning out and I can uh I, I just remember that I felt like just not getting a breakthrough um you know me trying my clients try, um, trying and uh it just there just wasn't seeming like there was a forward motion of of activity and e even even that one degree of of change didn't seem like it was happening. Uh, so it for me, it was, uh, I was starting to notice myself after a while. Actually, I should correct that. Others were starting to notice things about me, <laughs> particularly Nikki uh, and, and, you know, other friends and, uh, you know, 
pointing out to me that, hey, you're not as talkative or yeah, you seem really shut down. And it took me a while to kind of really recognize it as, as well. Um, and that even days when I was waking up, it just didn't seem as fulfilling. It just doesn't, didn't seem as happy. And this is, this is a, a thing that I really love. I, I really love connecting with other people and, and partnering with them on helping them to do forward movement. And so after a while, I, I felt like, whoa, this is heavy. This is rough. This feels different too. So that, that's at least one. And I've, I've felt it a couple of times uh, during my career. You know, I'm going to point out something because you mentioned like burnout when and movement and you said you could see it in me. Mm -hmm. I saw it in you and you it was just like this narrowing. You put your hands together like this. And and that's how I was experiencing you, too, is that you just kind of were getting narrower and narrower in, in that space. Yeah, it's funny, even retelling that story, right. I can kind of feel it kind of waves, waves coming back and, you know, I can feel my voice even changing, mm -hmm. changing a bit, a bit as, I, as I tell the story. Um, so it's kind of interesting to even relive some of those things. So, I mean, as we're, as we're talking, if for any of you to kind of think about any of the moments of burnout or burning out that you might have experienced, what, what motion even came, what, what pose? came to mind. So for me, just naturally now I, I was doing my hands like that. And that's how it felt. It felt like things were closing in on me. And it was scary because it was new things. It wasn't things that were old. These are new things closing in. Yeah. I uh it's funny you you use this and for me my whole body feels like it's kind of caving in. Um, I can feel my shoulders coming in, my head kind of coming down, just wanting to be almost in the fetal position that mm. comfort yeah so what we're what we're talking about as terms of burnout sometimes people are, tell me you know that oh i don't want to burn out i can't burn out i'm going to keep keep going 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 but burnout is a response it is a human response to when our stress cycle keeps going so we have to kind of do things to, to turn it off. We, up here we have like how it gets started, triggering events and how we internalize, like how we're viewing things. And then number three, that's that physiological response. So burnout is not about how mentally or emotionally strong you are. It's not a symptom of weakness. It is a symptom of you being a human being, having a human experience and interacting in a stressful world a stressful environment so it is not a badge of shame or dishonor it's that you're having these interactions and you know brandon and i talked about like the physical responses because our mind and body work like this all the time so when we're burning out we might not even necessarily recognize those emotional cues so quickly but we will notice oh wait that that hurts a little bit more or we might see it in others like, oh, what's what's going on? You're moving a little slower. So just knowing that as you internalize these things, we're going to cope. And notice it doesn't say coping. It can be adaptive or maladaptive. And that means that sometimes we find things that aren't so great for us to cope, but it's still a form of coping. Uh, and you are going to take another day to shift that coping. So even if it is some uh, things, I know mine became candy, like I just let's 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 candy was how I was starting to cope and was my little warning signal. Uh, but also being able to look at, okay, how can I switch that and, and move myself through this a little bit? Yeah, I can probably go on a long list of my coping that were not so helpful all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly, um, yeah, sweets, sweets are, are, are definitely one of those things. And uh, thus my, my COVID 30, 30 pounds is, is uh, I'm still working on it, still trying to knock that off. Um, I, you know, one thing I wanted to, I wanted to just double down on with the triggering though, because this is one of the things I, I, I find myself working a lot with clients around is understanding what the triggering events are. Yeah. And what your personal trigger is, uh, I know I've spent a lot of time understanding what my trigger is, and we've even shared with each other yeah. what what our triggers are. And and 
it's one of those things where it's it's good to know. And so when we can recognize it with each other, we can have a, it, it's, it allows us to shorten that trigger cycle um, in, in a lot more healthy way. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, if something so small can be a triggering event because again, we actually need stress. So not all stress is bad. It's when we get stuck in that, that loop. So something as simple as, oh, I, you know, I left my keys in the house to the office. Yeah. That, that right there is that little tiny thing is going to start the stress response because you're preparing your body, mind are preparing to respond to whatever that stimulus is. Now, if you keep looping over that or you don't find the humor, like, oh, okay, I got it. I got my keys. Maybe I'm a little bit late, you know, took some breath, maybe did some few things and now you're out of it versus that little one now leave. You didn't recover that quickly and things just kept building, building, building. So now you have an argument maybe with a coworker or a colleague and that you didn't start at zero, you started already at about 40. So to get to 100 is just that much quicker. Yeah, I, I think what's really wonderful about this, at least as part of the conversation, is this idea of just normalizing that this stuff happens. And I think as, yeah. as Nikki said, you know, we're humans, this happens. And just being able, for me, I know, at least being able to approach it from the standpoint of this happens, you're not broken because it happens. And it's wonderful when you can uh, have some awareness around it. It's like, oh my gosh, this is happening. Yeah. I may either be approaching or in burnout right now. I'm not broken. This, this happens. So normalizing can have a really, really good effect on things. Yeah. Next slide. Yeah. We have a picture. <laughs> So look at that, that little match right now is the triggering event, whatever it might be. And when I was talking about my experience in terms of my new role as parent, I was that little flame. I, I was feeling that emotional exhaustion. And so it's not the same as, as being tired. Like, oh, you're physically tired. You get some physical rest and you wake up. Okay, you feel refreshed. This is that that heaviness that where you're like, oh, I don't. I don't think I have anything left to give right now. Is that how you were experiencing it during your? Yeah, yeah, it's exactly how I felt. Um, that moment of that epiphany is like, oh my gosh, I don't have anything more to give. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, and I think there's some cycle around that too, right? It, there's a little bit of grieving around that. There's a little bit of just acceptance around that, but also just the bigger, just an awareness around it. I mean, I think that what you mentioned about like the grieving, because it is the, oh, okay, wait, I, I can do better than this. Why would I burn out? Right. <laughs> yeah. But then that flame gets bigger and you mentioned it. Now you're starting to maybe feel a little distance. You want to put some distance between you and what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's weird how the mind and the body work. It's like, it kind of almost happens, um, subconsciously you know you, you start to put some distance you start to like you know what maybe I need a mental health day <laughs> maybe I won't go to that meeting today uh, and so yeah that, that distance kind of starts happening you know manifesting itself uh, physically uh, but also just mentally just kind of yeah. starting to really check out yeah that's the depersonalization and just not really feeling not feeling present and and just kind of feeling almost like you're you're floating. And then the cynicism can kind of kick in and you notice yourself maybe snapping a little bit more. And that's, that's, that's that larger flame that's there. And again, wanting to just kind of re reiterate that burnout was originally looked at in the 70s and it was looked at within the healthcare profession, but it has expanded to any role. So the roles that you play, you can experience burnout, parental burnout, relationship burnout. So not just work burnout. Yeah, I think that's really, uh, really interesting to, to, to point out. You know, we, we have kids um, and it's interesting to, one of our kids is older. She's about to go into college and going through the whole college prep, prep um, cycle we have moments of with her and and helping her to recognize some of her burnout. And sometimes she she will come up to us and say, "I'm burned out." And I'm like, "Yeah, kid, you should. You just that 85 scholarship." So yeah, 
maybe that's uh, maybe that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> maybe we should have a conversation about that. Uh, and you know, you, you use you use one term. I, I know we throw around this idea of well, is lashing out? Is that one of those signs too? Because <laughs> we see that popping up both in ourselves and 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 within our family. So yeah. That's so it can be that, right? So burnout, you're experiencing this internally, but then some of your external behaviors. So it can be some behavioral type things that come in too, especially when that little cloud of ash that's there where you experience the loss of fulfillment, you know, and you unfortunately got to that stage where you're like, I just don't feel like I'm enjoying this work anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, it is weird how you can go through it. I know I started having crazy conversations of, oh my gosh, should I just go, should we just go move on to a farm and raise pigs and, <laughs> and vegetables and stuff? Uh, but yeah, uh, and uh, as we'll talk about a little bit later, we'll talk about, you know, how do, how do you get, how do you re recharge that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Should we move on? Yeah. All right. I see all the, the comments in there too, so. I, it is being able to just recon recognize, and it's hard to not judge ourselves. So we just want to look at this as a form of noticing. Yeah, I, I think that, yes. <laughs> I think that's really important, the, the, no uh, the moments of noticing. And the no again, what we talked about before is just this acknowledgement that, you know what, I'm not broken right. because I'm going through this. You know, it's, I'm not a defective human being, in fact, I am a human being yes. because of this going on and being able to recognize that. Yeah. Um. So how do we uh, kind of combat, how do we address burnout? And when doing that, I wanted to like think about, there's actually five ways that we need to remember as we're completing the stress response cycle, because burnout is what happens when we get stuck in that stress response cycle. We're stuck in that just churning of constant alarm and our body, our mind, our spirit is, that's what's on fire then. So it's looking at, okay, how can we soothe that fire? How can we put, put it down a little bit? Number one way is physical activity. Physical activity, getting some movement in there. And before anyone shames themselves, like, oh, I haven't gone to the gym in a while. I'm not a gym person. I, I, I now can really admit that to myself. I'm okay with it, but I'm a human that needs to move. So being able to move, even at the beginning when Dr. Dave was playing the music, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of going to dance a little bit. Dancing, stretching, taking a walk. Um, that's been one of the things that's been really helpful, especially as people kind of been working from home. I'm like, do you have to be on camera for that call? And they're like, no, I don't. Okay, great. And put your earbuds in and walk because they knew that it was going to be a very tense meeting. So being able to move through that stress response cycle physically moving through it. So that's that's the number one way. The other way Dr. Dave did it at the very beginning is intentional breath. So I want you to think of the stress response cycle as that's our gas pedal is being pressed for us to go, go, go to respond to something. The breath is our natural break. So that's, that's what's breaking us right then. It's giving us that pause. We're breathing all the time, but being able to take that intentional breath, something as simple as the three breaths that Dr. Dave did at the beginning is beneficial. It lets you have just that pause to then be able to look at how else can you respond. But really, and I love it because people don't have to remember it. We're already doing it. It's just making it intentional. You don't need an app, you don't need your phone, you don't need a tablet, a piece of paper, a pen. It's something that's always with you. And just being able to remember like, oh wait, I actually have a calming mechanism that's with me, that's part of me, can be really comforting when you know you are gonna get stressed. That gas pedal is gonna go on, but knowing that you do have that break. Other one is laughter. So just being able to laugh, uh, the same team that Brandon talked about, uh, when we were, because I was, started doing more uh, within diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging uh, after the murder of George Floyd. So my work became heavier and heavier. 
and just being able to, because I was processing as well. I'm processing and processing with others, laughter. My teens knew that I would check out and like watch cartoons sometimes. So she actually made me a little joke jar. Uh, and gave it to me for, for I think it was for Christmas. And I keep it near my workspace. Then there's just a little jokes in there. But laughter is the, a third way to be able to kind of break and complete the stress response cycle. Next one is creativity. So just being able to be creative. I even think about ways that I was creative in, in law school um, where I would doodle along my notes. I'm dating myself a little bit because <laughs> I did not have a laptop, but even now I wouldn't have a laptop. I would still take notes. Um, so you, you encode differently, <laughs> but being able to just doodle was, I didn't know them, but that was me completing the stress response cycle that was started me waiting for, to hear ward, ward, because that's how they would call you. So just that anticipation, I was completing the stress response cycle by being creative. Yeah. And then this is, I think your favorite one connection is my favorite too. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think particularly for those who are, are you're close to, um, I think having a uh, some close bonds, some close personal friends, and uh, whether that's the family or friends, you know, it can be, re can be a, re a real rejuvenator. rejuvenator. Um, and, and we found that to be um, so important, you know, so important to be able to connect and, and, and it can be even beyond just uh, people, but it can be connecting to thoughts, ideas, concepts, things that bring you joy. However, uh, however that comes up for you, I think becomes really, really important. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, that's how my burnout story, the one that I told, stayed just in that small flame and I was eventually able to extinguish it because I connected. I remember, I, I joke with them. I say I was raised by uh, some pretty great mothers, meaning my friends, um, my vibe tribe is what I call them. And they're a phenomenal group of, of women that have really like supported me since some of them since we were 11 years old, but just hearing their stories of parenting and just knowing that I wasn't alone and I wasn't, there wasn't something wrong with me. I wasn't doing it wrong. I wasn't gonna just be failing forward for the rest of my parenting career. Uh, it, it really was helpful. And being able to talk to you too, that was really helpful too. Yeah, yeah. And just to go back for a moment, I, I just wanna really double down on the whole uh, walking thing. I had to really let go of um what was for me in terms of exercise or body movement. So I, I used to be a triathlete. And so I had a whole process going of how I trained and, and, and worked out. And uh, well, you know, 48 ain't the same as 28 to, to quote Shaq around that. And so I had to kind of give up on that a little bit, uh, a little bit and, and find different ways of how to move my body. And walking became just this mind-blowing thing for me that's like oh my gosh it's so cool uh and one of the things I've had to just play with and it's been really cool to be able to experiment whereas sometimes I go out for a walk and it's like mind you know overload of, of just thinking 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 and sometimes that's helpful and I've had to forgive myself and say you yeah. know what that's what I need right now and sometimes it's you know, walking and being able to almost be in a meditative state. And um, one of the practices that, that I started when I need to be there is to actually listen to music uh, while I'm doing it so that I can kind of connect to the music and also then observing, I've, I've given myself permission to then observe what's going on with inside of me and then what's going on in the world and, and, and making a connection there. And then be able to so be able to follow those thoughts as I walk walk along and try to return to them whenever I'm finding myself deviating and going down some down some spirals. That's my thing. For for you, it may be may be different. You're gonna say something. No, I I was just I was smiling because I, I noticed when you said give up, I'm like you transition. You were experimenting to find where you're at now like what's going to work for you now and really being able to do that so as we're even talking and giving tips for all of you to know choose what resonates with you and what doesn't don't do that sometimes people are come in like nicole you know i i tried journaling 
and it's not working for me. And I'm like, okay, don't, don't do it. And it's so shocking. And like, oh, my therapist said not to channel. But if, if you're not, if it's something that's not resonating for you, it's not gonna, you're not gonna have the impact. You're not gonna go back to it. It's gonna then become a chore and it's gonna have not the intended effect that you want it to have. So just looking at that. So I think it's really big of you that you were able to transition and experiment from triathlete because you had a shift. You should had to shift your perspective of this is how I stay fit. This is how I work out my stress. This is how I complete my stress response cycle to what's going to be different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So of course, you know, some of you all have already commented. We invite you all to start thinking about some of these things. What what would be your form out of all of these different ways of, of working with burnout? Oh, resilience. <laughs> um, our talk is supposed to be about burnout and resilience, right? So, you know, a little sloppy transition of, well, what is resilience and how does that connect to burnout? I, I think is what we, what we want to drift into right now. How do you want to define resilience? Resilience is being able to have the confidence that you can face whatever challenge is coming your way. So, and resilience, actually, it, it, the reason that we put it with burnout is that once you've addressed burning out and been able to complete your stress response cycle, now you're in this rich world of resilience because resilience is something that some people are like, oh, I'm a resilient person or I'm not a resilient person. It's not just a character trait. There are some traits that people might have as part of their unique makeup. However, we can grow it. Resilience is a skill. And so once you have faced and completed those stress response cycles, once maybe you were burnt to a little bit of a, a crisp, right? <laughs> uh, the visualization I give clients for resilience is, all right, so you, you feel like you're that little pile of ash, Phoenix rises from the ash. That's resilience. Yeah. My my phrase uh, that I like is uh, a pick me up. You know, <clears throat> I, I I love using that phrase. I you love using that thought, and it's like it flows through me. Is like, what's my pick me up now? Now now that I've uh, I've understood the burnout and gone through that particular cycle, how do I pick me up? This comes out a whole lot with uh, teams I work with as well in organizations. Is what's your pick me up um, to get to that resilience portion? Um, let's just, let's move on to tips for building resilience. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, one of the things that uh, I know a lot of the folks out there in the, in the audience are, are in the agile world. So one of the things I think pulling from that world into this one around resilience is this idea of, of a sustainable pace. And this is one of those things where um, I'm constantly, you know, trying to evaluate is, am I doing a, a, a sustainable pace? It's something I work with clients around a whole lot is, what's your sustainable pace? How do you, what does that look like to you? What does it feel like to you? What's the opposite of that? So that you can kind of hone in on maintaining that. What's good about it? Uh, those are kind of the conversations that I have for me personally. We have that as a family a lot. <laughs> and uh and, and as I said, even as clients, what else do you want to say about resilience? I mean, I think that when you talk to clients and then even you mention us as families, sometimes you might need a little bit of social support in this area and looking at your relationships. Maybe you have a resilient spotter in your life that's able to point out moments that you have exhibited and shown your resilience. I'm going to share with you right now the fact that all of you are here and participating and putting things in, in the chat, you already have some level of resilience, you do. And it is being able to remember again, like it's a, it's a skill, balancing it out, right? With having that resilience spotter. I know uh, one, of my, one of my vibe tribe was like, you know, I told her we were talking about resilience. She's like, oh, together? She's like, you guys like epitomize resilience because the first three and a half years of our relationship was long distance on either side of the coast. 
right? California and being here. And so she's like, you guys stuck that out, like, and we're able to navigate that. And I was like, oh, I never, I never thought about that as resilience. She was my resilience spotter. So that social support was really great and, and just there. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Seems so long ago. Um, yeah. I, I, <clears throat> I can't overstate the importance of, of the, the, the social, the social network that you kind of build. It doesn't have to be big, um, but be there, be genuine. Um, and didn't explore the idea of intimacy around around that with your social 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 support and, and relationships. I'm a big believer. Um, I do a lot of coaching around relationships and how much they matter, and just being able to understand and build healthy relationships and how much they can be supportive. Um, I think somebody else mentioned this earlier on in the chat. Is this idea of blind spots uh, and uh, it, how important that is to have someone in your life to can point out blind spots in a good and healthy way to help you grow and be resilient, I think. Yeah. And, and when we're looking at the chat as far as like learning and what, and even what you got from yesterday, that sense of connection, community, and unity. So it's not just necessarily the people that we're consider friends or close to, but how do we connect and share social networks with other human beings, that's really important for our resilience. So just being here and being in connection and community right now, you're building on your resilience. Yeah, and you know, we, we talked a whole lot in the previous um, section about health and well-being, but how important that is and understanding what that means for you at, at an individual level. My health and well-being definition and processes are different from, from Nikki's. Uh, we have that conversation all the time of what works for for each one of us and what what's uh, what, what's good. Yeah. yeah. Shall we move on? Yes. All right. <clears throat> oh, I love this. When so I gotta I gotta tell you, uh, Nikki introduced me to this idea of <clears throat> excuse me restarts and reboots, and it's so clicked with me. Because, you know, as we were trying to build this and we've had other conversations in the past and I talk to her all the time about, you know, there's this cycle and agile and, you know, there's the whole plan, do, check, act thing. And we inspect and adapt and, and, and she starts talking to me about restarts and reboots. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that there's a connection there that that's really cool. And, uh, and so I, I, I really wanted us to, to talk about this idea of restarts and reboots. Well, why don't you do it? Because you do it way better than me. <laughs> so, so really quickly, I want to think of like restarts is just that quick, a little quick. It's the breath. It's strategies for moments throughout your day. So think of it as a daily practice. Dr. Dave talked about how he intentionally breathes on a daily basis. For me, I, it's that along with meditating and being able to just kind of connect and ground to myself. These are those little things that I know, oh, okay, I'm feeling stressed. I can go, I can go back to that. Let me, let me restart myself after whatever that is. And then for a reboot, that's a longer period of time. This is a longer period of downtime, thinking about on a weekly, a monthly, or quarterly, or even an, an annually like basis of where you do have these this longer period of downtime. Um, and with both of them, restart, reboot. I want you to remember the other R, which is rest. These are also about giving yourself moments of rest. So rest is not something that we earn, is not something that we have to get to, and then we can rest. It's being able to recognize that as humans, we're actually built for rest activity, rest activity. That is our cycle. Rest is part of the cycle, it is not outside of it. So that's why I really like the restarts and reboots. Yeah, what really struck me about the restarts is this idea um, of being able to check in with yourself, mm -hmm. even on, uh, even especially on a on a daily basis. Where am I now? What's going inside? What's going on with me? How is that related to something to a reboot? So it's to something that's happening from a from a longer standpoint. How is that connected to my purpose, whatever that purpose is? And where am I off? Where am I? Where am I aligned? And allow yourself, giving yourself the gift, essentially, every single day 
of being able to restart and, and be able to, 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 to do a daily plan for yourself. And then looking at that from a longer, longer period of time. One of the practices that I, I do with, uh, with my clients is we create a plan. We create a plan together when they come to me and say, hey, this, these are the things that I wanna work on, whatever those things are, it gives us this longer term view of what, where they want to go and that we can build in these restarts and reboots around that particular plan and, and again, check in with each other as we're going along and see what are, the, what are the shifts we need to make? What are the shifts that have actually happened? And what's, what's now, what's the impact now for either that individual or that system that, I'm, that I might be working with? Yeah, the check-in is so important and being able to, you know, we check in like, and you, you as a coach, you're checking in on your clients, you're checking in on the organization, you're checking, 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 and same with me, right? I do the check-ins with my clients, but we first need to check in with ourselves because in any people-facing profession, you are the instrument. So everything that you've learned, the theories, the tools, all those things go out the door if you're not working on, okay, am I burned out? How do I maintain my resilience? And not making checking in, it doesn't have to be a chore. We did a little check-in at the beginning with your theme song. That's that's one of the reasons that I love that one so much is because it requires us to dig just a little bit deeper than I'm either good or I'm bad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, totally. I don't know if you all are familiar with this particular concept tool, uh, the golden circle that Simon Sinek has introduced, uh, but I find this to be an invaluable uh, idea working with clients and I found it to be hugely important for, for me. Um, and the most important part about it is to find your why, understand your why which, you know, another way of maybe looking at it is, you know, your purpose, your cause, your just cause um, in life. And, and let, me, let me throw out there that it doesn't have to be this super fantastic thing. It doesn't mean, you know, I want to, I, I have, my purpose in life is that I have to cure cancer if it is fantastic, but it doesn't have to be that big and lofty. It doesn't have to be, I'm going to end racism across the entire world. It could be, you know what? I want to wake up every single day, have a good experience, meet new people, um, and see what life brings me, and be just a kind person. Uh, <laughs> I saw this clip from Matthew McConaughey recently. Where he's talking with his kid. They were about to, I guess, it just maybe happened last year they, that the, his kid was about to go to summer camp, and he's like, "Hey, what do you what do you want to do for summer camp?" He's like, "I want to just meet cool people and do cool things." And he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah that that could be your why and you know what I, I think the world could be a really cool place if people start to started to do just that just do that kind of thing but I, I would encourage you you know figure out what what's your why and you may expand and figure out you know how you're going to do that and what that actually represents but at least starting out with you know what what's your why uh, can be one of those really shifting kind of things We'll make these slides available. There's a there's a link to um, Simon Sinek's original TED talk where he goes and it's fantastic. Some of the examples he gave, um, if you haven't seen it already, um, and of course you can you can Google um, Simon Sinek and Golden Circle or start with why and you come up with the TED talk. But we at least wanted to throw that out to you because particularly after we've talked about the restarts and reboots, because what we found is really important is that restart and reboot, that's, that those cycles that you can kind of create, it can help you to evaluate or align back to your why. And so having a why, it may you may find that those restarts and reboots are even more powerful because it becomes aligned there. Yeah. No, and I wonder what happens. What happens if the distress is that, what if I don't know my why? What happens? Am I lost? You're not lost. You're not lost. Um, I, I personally think that these are journeys. <laughs> right? And so, you know, building in space for yourself that those things can can shift or, or it's a discovery. And there's some there's some wonderful stuff that can happen even on that journey. This is where you can. Uh, uh, so forgive me, I'm a big Star Trek person. I'm a Trekkie. So 
I, I relate to Mr. Spock, old school Mr. Spock, and he would often respond, fascinating. And for me, that's kind of uh, the uh, a way to approach it is this is fascinating. Every single one of those encounters as you go on your journey about um, discovering your why, or maybe that it's different, can be just a fascinating discovery uh, for yourself. Yeah, great question. <laughs> What's that? Uh, step is to remind us that this is a journey and a journey is made up of single steps. So really just being able to remember that because it can feel like a lot, like, oh, I can't get burned out. If I do get burned out, let me make sure that I'm creating resilience. And all that chatter just comes in. Inevitably, the inner critic comes in and most people's inner critic is like, do it now, all of it you're behind, right? Instead of it's like, wait a minute, number one, inner critic is a formation of thoughts, which aren't facts, nor are they directives. Let me go back to taking a step, just, just one single <laughs> step. And it's also a fancy acronym to be able to remember ways to ground yourself and ways to tap into that resilience, to grow the resilience. And one of the biggest things, again, along with our breath, is our senses. So being able to honor whichever of the senses is available to you, to be able to use that as a grounding moment to bring yourself in. You talked a little bit about that earlier where you were on your walk and you're like, okay, you know, what's going on in my body? What's going on in the environment around me? And that's actually mindfulness. Mindfulness is being in the present <laughs> moment. And it's not that you stay there because that can feel really difficult, but is being able to recognize when you're not and you come back. And one of those ways is through the senses. The next way is time. So being able to just give yourself moments of time through, throughout the day that you can check in with yourself and knowing that, okay, even if it's just for a minute, that still has value because it's still that tiny little step you're looking at incremental change. And that's one of the things in both of our worlds, right? Is that it's about these incremental change to get to the larger change instead mm -hmm. of like, oh, okay, I'm gonna, and I people laugh at me. I was like, oh, okay. So you're not walking every day. All right, but you're gonna go run a marathon. They're like, oh, of course not, Nicole. And I'm like, okay, well then why do you think that right now when you're so frustrated at work that you're gonna go in there tomorrow and instantly feel better? Let's be able to look at that time. And the next one is enjoyment. What, it, what brings you delight? When was the last time you experienced joy? Like, how can you bring those things in there? Because those are really gonna help building our resilience is knowing like, okay, this is something that I enjoy and I can go back to. My joke jar is one, you know, us going on hikes is another. And then people really looking at, okay, when was the last time I connected with just somebody? You know, am I spending too much time by myself? What steps do I need to take to be able to connect with, with others? Because our well-being is not just mental and emotional uh, and physical, it's also social. So am I engaged with people? Am I engaged in community? Maybe I haven't talked to my best friend, but oh, I'm gonna go to this networking event where I am able to connect and feel that sense of connection, unity, and that sense of belonging, it's really important. I, I think what's, <clears throat> what's interesting for me too is figuring out what connection means for you. Yes. Um, it can mean different things for an individual. It can mean different things for a group. A lot of the groups that I work with, they're hyper-focused on, or well, we need to make a connection. And, you know, almost essentially, you know, what comes up is, well, let's do some kind of team building exercise. And um, I'm not sure about you all, but... Eh, I'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little tired of those. But but connecting could mean, gosh, we had a really cool session where we really vibe with each other and had great ideas, and we were building with the building ideas one upon another on a particular task, and that feels real good, and that feels real connected too. So it doesn't have to be, I think, what a lot of folks will say, you know, forced fun. That doesn't have to be a way to connect with people. Find your way. Find find your your how you define connection um, as as you go out on that on that journey. Yeah, connecting for connection's sake instead of for validation. Because what happens is people have those team building exercises, 
And then they come to the therapist, me, and talk about how much they hated it. So <laughs> it is really looking at that. And not that you can't have fun team building right. exercises. I used to be a, a director and and I feel like mine were, they were okay. Cool. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> they probably were. All right, halt. So I, I think this is particularly interesting for me I'll let you go into a lot of the details, but one of the things that struck me as I started to practice this particular concept is this thought that, you know, emotions are actually okay, uh, <laughs> that they don't have to be dismissed, even some of the more edgy or crunchy ones, you know, we, we have ang uh, being angry, that that is something I've had to personally work on, on this, on a, that anger is something that is not a, a negative or bad emotion. It is emotion and we all can feel that. <clears throat> what else you wanna say about HALT? So awareness, being able to be aware of and acknowledge, again, just for us, where you are at, this is one of the places of being able to build a little bit of resilience and looking at you know where you are is a great check-in. It's really quick, HALT means to stop. And you're looking at, are you hungry? Are you angry? Are you lonely? Are you tired? Because any one of those states or any combination of those states is going to really shift how you are interacting with yourself, which then is going to shift how you are interacting with others, right? We have the little joke here where sometimes uh, you might feel a little hangry, right? And we're big Marvel uh, fans here. And so there's something that um, Black Widow says to Hulk where she's like, oh, the sun's getting low, big guy. And that's now my joke of when I noticed that you might be a little hangry, right? Or, or for me, if I'm tired, right? I know that it's like, woo, all right. The littlest thing, depending on how tired I am, is going to like, yeah, then then is the, for me. So it is being able to just use this and as a, as a check-in, because as I mentioned before, we don't have to think like, oh, okay, you know, Nicole and Brenda said check in with ourselves and create this gigantic plan of where it's like, oh, well, let me just check and see if I'm hungry or if I'm angry or if I'm lonely or if I'm tired right now. And just really looking at how those physical and mental and emotional states can impact you. And especially that angry, right? Where a lot of times it's like, okay, well, I, I don't, I, I can't ever get angry. I don't want to experience anger. And as a human being, you are. And as a mental health professional, letting people know the goal is to experience the full range of emotions, even the ones that you might consider difficult is not to only be happy. If anybody tells me that they're only happy and they don't experience any other emotions or feelings, I'm now more concerned than the person that said, oh, I was angry yesterday and I snapped a little bit at my coworker. Okay, like we wanna have the full range. And the appropriate emotion for the appropriate scenario. Right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so being able to check in with yourself, I think as you started off uh, with this is, bring just more awareness of where you are. And that awareness can often just be a superpower because now, now that you know you're hungry or that you're angry, it becomes, okay, how do I wanna react now? And what's the appropriate reaction here? Um, and not to just deny it or dismiss it. Putting it all together, right? Yep. Yeah, we talked a lot, right? And so I, I think what we hope is that there's just a couple of things that, that we threw out there of just bringing a little bit of awareness around burnout and that it being something um, something that happens and then being able to have resilience um, ar around that. And just, you know, again, this is something where we're just trying to bring a little bit more light into, um, into how you are as a person or even you as pr practitioners working with other clients, systems, individuals, and understanding where they are, hopefully bringing a little bit of light into where they are, and then that you can make a decision, okay, what's the path that I want to go on now? What else? Yeah, and just the other ones, knowing that, again, both of these things, burnout and resilience, are not something that happen 
or to other people or that other people just have. Burnout is that condition of us living life and that it, we, any one of us can experience it in any one of our roles at any given moment if we're not tending to that stress response cycle. And even if you are tending to it, you might burn out, but you know that you're gonna tap into, okay, I'm resilient and I know how to, how to come back and how to come from that. So taking away that resilience is again, it's, it is a byproduct of challenge. It does, resilience does not exist without challenges. It's how we grow resilience is being able to face those challenges. And again, remembering that it is a skill. And that's, that's the thing that I really like to impart when I talk about burnout and, and resilience so that people really can own it and make it part of their, your journey. And that is not something that's outside of you. Which means you have to work on it, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. But it's not, it is a continual process, but it's not something that you have to, you can take a break, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> so that was, the, that's part of the rest. Part of the rest is part of the journey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, do some more breathing. Like Dr. It. Dave kicked us off with some really cool breathing. And, you know, we thought, hey, breathing, he's right. We got to have it. <laughs> so it turns out. And you wanted to interest, you know, introduce us to another kind of breathing exercise that goes along with some of this, right? You know, so it's, this is another way to intentionally breathe. And I, whenever it comes to the end of like talks, I kind of like, well, where, where do we go today? And so the, the breath that I want to invite people to, to practice is, um, it's called be breath. And what you're going to name that for me. <laughs> It's, it's actually, um, it's thinking of like, you're making a, a, like a bee, kind of like a buzzing sound. It's like a hum, hum sound as you're, you're breathing in. And then when you're going to breathe out, uh, you're going to kind of purse your lips together and we'll do it together and to see, right? So you're going to purse your lips together and you kind of make this little bit of a sound. So you breathe in, I'll demonstrate, and then we'll do it together. You're going to breathe in through your nose. And then you breathe out through your mouth. Let's do it. Okay. So it's in through your nose. And then you're breathing out, making that kind of humming sound because your lips are pursed together. And I chose that one because I can't help but smile whenever I do that one. So that's something else. And what I invite people is practice. If it resonated, if you notice a little something, because even when I'm like, ooh, wow, like I didn't feel stressed, but I feel I feel more relaxed now and I wasn't even stressed, but I feel a little bit of relaxation. But even if you notice something small, being able to add that to your practice and not worrying, because again, inner critic jumps in with the chatter. So it's not about how far your bee is, is going, you know, maybe your bee just got a little bit off the ground. That's okay. You keep practicing. Mine went a little bit longer because I've been doing this now for 12 years. Um, so just wanting to, you know, do that little bee breath. Okay. So tell us what's up with the bubbles. The bubbles is, again, <laughs> it's, a, it's a visual reminder of what kind of breath we need to be taking in terms of our exhale. So when we exhale, sometimes if you notice just your breathing, you might be exhaling a little shorter. Your breaths are shorter that actually produces anxiety and anxious feelings in the body because your body's like, oh, hey, we need to respond to something because our breath is short, right? And then your mind's like, well, what do we need to respond to? So the bubbles are a reminder of like exhale because you can't form a bubble if you go, the bubble pops. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, I mentioned one of my words for today was connection. So we end with, feel free to stay connected with us. Um, here's some of our information. And again, I want to just say thank you. Thank you all for giving us the time, your time uh, for us. And uh, anything else you want to say? 
just thank you always uh, humbled and much gratitude to be able to be connected um, and be in community even virtually it, i feel the connection which is great so dr dave tell us if we have more time but we are happy to stick on for a bit for questions if anyone has any yeah we, we, we have a little bit we have some time you know if anyone have any questions comments let's do it now this is the time I have a question. Oh, I should probably hear. Sorry. In the dark. <laughs> just you know, just in case. Um, so your dynamic, your dynamic is so good. It's so calming and so peaceful. Um, so have y'all, is this something new that you're doing, like doing things together, or is this something that you've been doing? Will you be doing more of this? How, how what is your 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 strategic plan for that? <laughs> well. Thank you first. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So we don't have a strategic. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. And the reason that we don't have a strategic plan is that we, I mean, this is actually our first official of working together is today. Thank you to Dr. Dave. Yes. Um, one of my colleagues has been telling us this that she's been wanting us to, to work together. We did we did my podcast, he, we brought him on as a guest, but this is, so thank you for that. Cause this is actually our first official time of working together. If I can add to that, just, just real briefly. I mean, I loved what you guys talked about the resiliency as well, but I just, I think it's, especially in a black community, it's so good to see that resilience that you have in your marriage and in your union that unity that you have, that respect. I'm watching you guys go back for, you know, like you go and he's great and she's wonderful. You know, it's just like, that is so needed to be seen so much like in the community, in the black community and in any community really, because it, it a lot of times we, we, we forget that it can work. And I love it when I see it and it's not fake. You can tell that you guys are like this. So I just, I just, that was just my initial thought of the warmth that you gave as a couple helped me receive the message so much better. Thank you. Thank That's you for that. Super kind. Um, yeah, we, you know, being coachy for a bit, you know, our, our third entity, we, we work on it. Um, yeah, well, this is our first, like, one of three of our official kind of things. We, we talk about this all the time about, you know, our presence together and, um, in, in our system. So it's it's something that we work on. So I appreciate that it comes through. How Thank do you. we want to show up? Yeah. Yeah. So here I am thinking it's such a great show, but it's and it's natural for you too. No, this is beautiful to be able to see the unity that's happening. And I'm going to be quiet because my brother Devon just shows up, you know. Devon Morris said, come on, come on in, brother. What's no, up, I, didn't just, I, didn't, I didn't just show up, man. I've been listening the whole drive. I just <laughs> drove down to see my daughter down here at IU. So I'm going to say um, it was wonderful information. I actually love your presence. I love you all as a couple. Uh, I think the information resonates to everyone. So I'm just I'm tipping my hat to you and saying thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, man. You know, you know that means a lot, stuff coming from you. So I really appreciate that. Good to have a good big brother. <laughs> yeah. But anytime, man, anytime, anytime. Well, oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. You all are really, really kind. Thank you for all the comments. Again, thank you all for your time. And absolutely, <clears throat> please stay connected. LinkedIn is a great way to stay connected with me. What's the best way to stay connected with you, Nate? I'm on LinkedIn, uh, as well as my website. My business is Soul Compass Therapy and Consulting. Um, so people can connect with me there. And on LinkedIn, it's Nicole M. Ward Reigns. I'm slowly phasing out. 
<laughs> ward, but am mindful of so people are like, oh my God, uh, who, whose reins uh, being able to, to give people the comfort that they need of being able to find me that way too. Excellent. Yeah, I, I just picked up on, you know, one of your word of silence. So if you saw me being silent and, and creating space for us to think, you know, I was being intentional about that mm -hmm. using what you said in your presentation. Um, so th this is the part where we, you know, just use the link and come in through um, Zoom events because we're gonna, going to ping over to the next session. Now, and we're going to be talking about agile education. There, there are educators from, you know, Berkeley, from different parts of um, California, from Arizona, who's going to be talking about education and the agility of it, right? Because that's part of, of the, the community that we're trying to build here. It's not only just people talking about the experiences, but also bringing in um, conversations that we normally aren't, aren't a part of. Or if you are a part of it, you're a parent, you have kids, right? And you're very much aware of what's going on. And, and this is um, one of those those um, experiences that is really near and dear to my heart because it's a I run a similar program called Five Saturdays. We get out, we teach high school kids programming, agility, um, entrepreneurship. So it's always good to bring educators in so that they also give us a, a different context day to day working with with um, the next generation. Hopefully, those people who will be paying our paying into our retirement. Right? I was like to joke about that. <laughs> so. I will see you over in the next session. It's, it's a brand new Zoom session. I just want to let you know that that's just how Zoom events work. And um, I will see you there. Um, if there's any questions, just ping me. Um, and, and I'm available either through the events right or through um, email. Okay. So see you in the next session. We'll have some music going on there too. Thank you. Brandon, Nicole, I am so glad that we got to be the first of you two presenting publicly together because this is just awesome just one let you know that thank you thank you thank you thanks take care everyone bye Cheers. let's talk about talk, it. Talk, talk, talk. let's go deep we all have some share no share with dr dave